Hey, you're listening to Virtualized Geek, The Spear. Or The Spear <laughs> bought by Virtualized Ooh, Geek. Brought to you by The bought, Spear. Yeah. The, so, if this is your first time listening, this is one of the first episodes we're recording, Mark. Yep. I'm Keith Townsend, uh, founder of the CTO Advisor, uh, running VirtualizedGeek.com, and I'm joined with my co-host, Mark May. Mark? I'm Mark May. You know, I'm just this guy. That's all. Just this guy. Just this guy. Just this guy. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, you wore a shirt today. I did. Yes. Everybody's thankful that yeah, I wore a shirt yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. And, and uh, we're, we're joined. If you've watched the CTO Dose, Rebecca Fitzhugh is not new to you, but Rebecca, introduce yourself to those who don't watch the CTO Dose. <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Rebecca Fitzhugh, and I am one of the people who work at Rubrik. Yeah, one of like one of yeah. It's like it's, a, it's over a thousand now. Yeah, it's it's a twelve hundred. How big now. is the team that you're on? Wow, my team. Let me think. Um, I, it's funny because like I remember when it was Andrew, and then he <laughs> hired me, and we were sort of like, "What are we doing here?" And then now we have. I think we want to say. Let's see. We've got. I'm just gonna have to count it out. Mike, uh, Demetrius, Ken, myself, Andrew, Leah. Yop and Pierre Francois, and we just extended two more offers. So we're going to have 10 people wow. very, very soon. That's great. That's super great. exciting growth. How do you like the transition from, you know, a team of one and two to, to 10? You know, I feel like I go in my career very much sort of in waves of that, um, mm-hmm. where I was, you know, began my career very much on a team. And then I was like, that's really cool. And I learned a lot from that um, about leadership and about teamwork and, you know, because I was definitely like the nerdy kid at school who just sort of was like, no, I'll do the whole group activity. So I had to actually learn to work with other people. Uh, and then after that, I was like, I want to do no teamwork. <laughs> and, um, and so then I, did, I was solo for several years, you know, as a freelancer. And then I was like, I kind of miss working on a team. So I'm, I'm very much loving it. It's just a phase, uh, you know, it'll be a few years and yeah. then maybe I'll do something solo again. Well, I find that most of those things are kind of cyclical, no matter yeah. what we're talking about. You want to do it for a while. You want to do something else. It's always good to be moving forward. Thanks. So. Yeah, I just want. I'm I'm coming out of uh, working with a super small team, just me and my wife, to now working with a, a company that has like twenty thousand employees. Yeah, you've got all the employees. I have all the yeah, employees. Basically. My LinkedIn has exploded, man. <laughs> I've had like fifty people at me in the past uh, week, so that's. That's kind of scary. You're popular I feel like, uh, now. Yeah, every time I just get online, someone new joined that same company, and it's like, wow. They're just hiring <laughs> like crazy right now, yeah. too. I, yeah. That seems like, you know, with Rubrik, too, they're always hiring somebody, it sounds like. Yeah, it's like. like 50 people a month. Uh, the last time I saw a stat, I was, uh, I was talking to Bipple yeah. at, at uh, Camp Rubrik. He, he was generous with his time, and he was saying that they're hiring 50 people a month. Oof. I can't imagine the... The challenges that that creates from culture and understanding people and understanding your roles, you know, when you're you know when you're small, obviously you've got lots of roles. You're trying to do a bunch of things, but as you get bigger, your role tends to narrow. At least that's what I've experienced in my career. Uh, that could be challenging. So speaking of careers, the virtualized geek or the spear walked you by the virtualized geek. <laughs> There's an inside Pat, joke. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about yeah, the, the the origin of the spear one on a, one day. One day. 
But the spirit talks about careers and the good, bad, ugly, great, not so great yeah. about careers. And we wanted to get, we, we're at the NEV mug and we specifically hunted down Rebecca. We did. We could have DM'd you, <laughs> but we want to do an old fashioned yeah, DM yeah, and, yeah, like and stalk you and yeah, find right. you. It, yeah. IR, this is an IRL DM. Yes. So we wanted to talk to you because you've, you've, like the commercial, you've been everywhere, man. Like, <laughs> your career is, we talked about it briefly in the CTO Dose video, and I'll link that in the show notes. But you've been in the military, you've worked for a bar, you've worked as a consultant, you've worked as uh, now on the vendor side. So let's just have a conversation. Like, what's been the, 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 the fun part of all of that? <laughs> yeah, let's start at Coolest. the beginning. Would you yeah. like best there? Would you? Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, the the thing that kind of draws me, you know, and, it, and it's funny when you when you kind of iterate my career that way, uh, it sounds when I'm hearing it back like I'm kind of jumping around. I'm like, wow, I never thought of it like that because I see it as like huge blocks yeah. of yeah. like five years doing this thing and a lot of different roles within. But it's like five years here, six years here, and now I'm in you know a new kind of block of time that you know it's. Who knows how long it's going to last? But yeah, I started. I started my career on, in the military. I served five years in the U.S. Marine Corps, and so that was a very interesting way to kick off a career that it somehow led me to now working for a company that's just multiplying every time uh, I, I walk into the office. I, I don't. I've, I walk in and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, who are you? Wait, hold on. Do you know who I, I am? I've been here way longer. I've been I, know. Here like, I, I know who I am. Who are yeah. you? Like, that, that, that is the question. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like, I've, I've, I've been here. I've like, been here I'm for like 18 a, months. I'm, I'm not like, the new one. I'm, yeah. like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm like a vet here now. Yeah, it's, yeah I, it's funny. It's, uh, I, I don't feel like I've been there that long. And then I walk into the office and I'm like, I'm so old. I've seen everything. And it's like, I've barely seen anything. You know? So... Rebecca, you don't mind me acting. You're, sure. you're, are you uh, a millennium in that? Uh, I think technically, yeah. I'm so, uh, uh-huh. getting ready to have a birthday and like <laughs> enter a new decade, so who When's knows what's going to happen. August 4th. Oh, I was hoping you'd say tomorrow. Mine's tomorrow. No. Oh, well, happy yeah, birthday. July so, 7-Eleven are the best birthdays. That's my brother-in-law's birthday. He's yeah, my see? favorite. See? So. Exactly. It's how Good it works. people. So the whole multiple jobs thing is not just, I don't think that's just generational anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they talked about how millenniums will have, you know, 18 jobs before <laughs> they retire. I think it's just the nature of, of what, how the industry and, and the world has moved. I was going to say, the world or our industry, right? Our industry, I think there's a lot of thoughts about five years, mm-hmm. five years, five years. Don't let your career get stagnant. Well, I think also it's, it's not just, I think a lot of people kind of think of it as multifaceted here where, you know, like you're specifically saying five years and it's, a lot of that is like four years where you fully vest and yeah. then you're kind of like a year of sort of being like, am I in it? Right. Is there, do I right. want to pursue a new technology? So and then I think. Because there's, there's, we, you, you've been mm-hmm. a consultant and I treat jobs I want to hear your opinion on this. I, I treat jobs as consultant engagements. Like, I'm brought in to do something. Like, you were brought into rubric to achieve certain goals. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, let's say that's a three or four year stint. At the end of that, I look up and I'm like, you know, why am I here? Like, what am I doing now? Like, <laughs> I, I brought, if, if I wasn't given new goals, I get kind of answer like, okay, I need to do, do the next thing. Yeah, for me, you know, I'm not a person who cares about job titles. I mm-hmm. could care less what you call me. I just want to like what I do every day. And I think inevitably at a certain point you get 
bored, you get stagnant, yeah. you're just not being challenged, something changes. And if you work at a company where they're always challenging you and you're always growing and learning, then you are lucky and you've got to hold on to that as long as you can. But for most of us, it is a, probably a four or five year yeah. ride before we're like, this was really cool. But I think technology is changing in this direction, and I want to move with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and not every company you know, innovates and moves in the same direction that you are. Yeah, they are innovating, and moving, but your interests change. And I think in a in a customer role that can be especially bad. Mm-hmm. People get stagnant. You know, you're a system administrator, and you've been doing that forever. In your next role, and a lot of times, you know what you're going to be is a system administrator at a different company. People fall into those roles and forget that they need to challenge themselves and if you want to enjoy your job at least for me i I need a challenge right if i'm just sitting there doing the same thing i've done for 40 years i'm going to be very bored and not going to be happy in my life i I think other people are that way i think i think i agree because that's you're describing me and i'm like yeah "Yeah, i'm with you but um not ever, and this has been actually hard for me to learn as like somebody who now like has a team, uh, you know, and has been in, in leadership positions in the past where I'm like, not everybody thinks that way. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it's specifically I had dated someone for a very long time and he, I, I, I was like so career minded and I was like, I got my job, this and I reply to this text message at 2 a.m. or, you know, whatever it is. And he was, he's, I go to work at nine, I get off at five, <laughs> five. I, cause like. Isn't for that some, weird? some yeah, like, yeah. He, you know, who does he, that? Some, who does that? <laughs> like, who lives like also, that? are they hiring? But, um, <laughs> just kidding, Rubric. But um, you know, but it's it's not everybody derives, you know, that that same sense of joy yeah. or that same satisfaction from working at all. Right? See, that makes me sad. Not because I need work to be my joy, but I spend a lot of time. Even even mm-hmm. if you're nine to five, that's a lot of time. It is to not derive joy. It's fair. Right, you're you're sleeping for eight. If you're one of the normal people, but you're is working it for eight. A means to an end for you to then be able to afford the things that, that bring that, you joy, whether it's some be. hobby that or. That could be. But have you ever had a job you hate, Absolutely. or that you don't enjoy? Yeah, you're not usually you're happy in your life if you're not happy at work. That's true. So that's the interesting thing about our, our I think our industry in general, is that there's one there's mobility. Mm-hmm. So we're not working. We talked to Amy Lewis. Uh, in a podcast that we'll publish where, you know, she was in publishing and there's not a lot of mobility in publishing. So you didn't like your job. Tough, 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 <laughs> tough, tough hand dealt. You, you had to hold on to it because there's not a lot of jobs in publishing. Right. Where in this industry, you know what? You don't like a job. Next conference, you find a new job. Yeah. I, I, and I guess... I don't know if there's a question in this or if it's more of a statement. Yeah, that, that we have the ability that if we don't like our job, we can just find a new one. There's plenty of jobs. Does that impact our attitude towards, you know, I worked in the hotel industry and I cleaned rooms for a living. You worked in the military. You, you were kind of told what to do. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't like it, it was... Do it anyway? You had to do it anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean... um, I think it kind of goes back to like a teamwork mentality. It's like, yeah, that's a sucky job, but does it benefit the team, right? Mm. You know, so as an example, like I worked an event recently and um, the last thing that we needed to do to be able to get out of this venue and go have dinner was mop. And I was absolutely like, yeah, I'm in, let's mop. Like, where is it? Um, You know, and for me, it's not about, in that scenario, it's like not necessarily about the task, but it's also about the people that I work with, right? I will absolutely do this mopping, and I have no qualms about mopping if it's helping everybody, right? 
Um, and so when I look at a job, it's not even the technology that I am passionate about, but is this a team that I actually want to work with? Are these people, the people that I want to build something with, even if that means I'm mopping the floors. See, you know? I like to, the people that work for me, I like, to, I like them to divide their time into three things. The stuff I have to do, mm-hmm. right? I, I've got to do 60% of my time, I have to keep the servers alive or, or whatever. Yeah. 10% of the time improving, right? That includes improving myself, improving my role at the job, whatever it is. And the rest of the time, you got to do something you're passionate about Absolutely. at your job. At least that's, I think you're going to be happier at your job, you're going to stay longer. It's how you keep your people happy. I mean, you know, obviously most people are working, you know, for a career because they like money because they have <laughs> bills to pay. You know, we can't all be NBA players or sit on a beach and drink mojitas all the time. Well, you read my dream journal? Yeah, I did. I did. I stole it while you, you know, left it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've addressed kind of two major things. You know, you either work for money and you know, you, there's the personality mm-hmm. that, you know, you go. Uh, I think there's a pretty good proverb around this. You know, there's the guy who lays bricks because he's uh, a bricklayer and he wants to support his family. Then there's a guy who's laying bricks because he's a professional bricklayer and he just loves laying bricks. Like he's, he's passionate about that. And there's the third type that we haven't really talked about yet. And there's the guy who's building the house of God, the cathedral. You know, it, it, the, the bricks is a, a uh, laying bricks is a, is one, it's mopping the floor. It's, it's part of the larger task of what's getting done. And you're in the service, so yeah. you know there's this ideal of the mission, mm-hmm. and you're 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 part of you're a cog in achieving the mission. How important to that is that to you in your current career? Like, as you as you look <laughs> at the organization, how important is the organization's mission to you now? I mean, it's. It's everything. I mean, but I like to break it down in kind of a micro level because if you focus too much on the macro, you kind of don't figure out what it is you're doing Uh to contribute to that. Um, And so it's funny. I actually got told recently I use the word mission a lot. Well, Um, you're from. Yeah, and I was like, come on. I I worked in, I I was a federal contractor. It's it's, it's just part of the lingo. Yeah, I'm like, I I can't help it. It's just how I think. It makes sense. Yeah. And so for me, it is about the mission. But it's part of the mission is there's a problem that I'm trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And the way my brain works is it's very analytical and it's very problem-oriented, uh, well, I should say solution-oriented in solving that problem. And so the vision is great, but the, ultimately the vision is there because we're trying to improve something, right, mm-hmm. or fix some problem. And so what is that problem and how can I chip away at solving that? That's what I try to kind of fixate on with my day-to-day so as you fixate on that, on kind of the problem, the larger problem, I'm not going to use the term, term mission, the larger problem that you're trying to solve or how you're trying to, what contribution you're trying to make to society, how does that either endear you or push you away from your day-to-day? So, you know, there's parts of our job that, you know, Mark, you talked about like the split. Yeah. There's parts of the job that we don't like. Like there's parts of the CTO advisor, when I ran the CTO advisor, I didn't like I didn't like accounting. Like I'm not an accountant. <laughs> but I couldn't yeah. afford to hire an accountant to do my daily day-to-day books. I had to do it, but it was in support of the, the larger mission. Like how 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 does that help you not only do that stuff but do it excellently? Yeah, I mean um 
every part of every job I've ever been in, there's something that just sucks, right? I mean, that's just sort of how it goes. And it is, and, and what you're describing with bookkeeping, I relate to that a thousand percent because before I joined Rubrik, I was a freelancer for about six years doing, you know, similar things right. as you and providing consulting services and so on. And the worst, the worst part of every week was having to sit down and reconcile the books. <laughs> but doing that is what kept me afloat and helped me manage all this money coming in and all this money going out because you have to invest in your company, invest in yourself. And that gave me that purpose. And it's the same thing in my day job now. There's things that I'm like, ugh, I have to do this. But you kind of just go, well, what is it accomplishing? Right? The, job, the task itself sucks, but it's a part of a bigger thing that I may not know the details of, or I may. And I have to figure out what that is so that way I know how to solve that problem even if it's not the most fun challenge for me to, to work on. So you didn't love mopping the floor, but you really like going to team dinner. You know, honestly, I'm. you said the team dinner? Team dinner. I would rather mop a floor than go to a team dinner. Ooh. And I love my team. <laughs> I love my team, but... I've got a floor in my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm going by and mop it. I have a lot of floors. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I'm, I, I feel like we have got the greatest team, and I, it's an absolute joy to work with them every day. But if I have to pick between going to a huge, like, a social event... Or like something that would satisfy like my OCD-ness. I'm like, I, I would rather clean. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I like I like a couple of rules. Let's, let's turn this around to kind of as, as you look towards over your your career. You've had, actually, to be so young, you've had a long career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, somebody asked me how long I've been in the industry. And I had to stop and kind of think about it. And I was like, I'm going on my 13th year. And when you do factor in my age, you go, wow, that's. That's a bit ridiculous, yeah. but I also started at 17 when I enlisted in the Marine Corps, so I got a bit of a head start, so it's it's cheating. It's cheating. Well, I don't know how much yeah. cheating it is after you <laughs> joined the Marine Corps. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't yeah. know if they consider that as cheating. You know, cheating. it was um, <laughs> not the easiest route to take. <laughs> no, no, definitely no, not. It was not the easiest route, but it was the one that was available to me to accomplish my goals um, of providing myself an education, getting, you know, out of getting away from home, you know, just building my own life away from, I mean, basically what I was trying to escape, right, is kind of falling into that same cycle as the rest yeah. of my family and the rest of my community in this town. So, so, so you were in the Marines. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to leave the Marines? It's a great question. Um, I loved being in the Marine Corps, but I hated it equally. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, you get the everything in equal measures. I worked with some of the best people I've ever met in my life, and I worked with some of the absolute worst people. And I did some missions uh, in the military and some operations that were amazing and life-changing, and they changed my perspective. And then I did other ones that I was like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? This is making it worse, not better. You know, so it's you get everything in equal measure. And um, for me, at the end of the day, my goal in joining the military, you know, to be honest, was selfish. It was not a greater purpose. It, it um, is a job. It is a right? job. And for everybody at the end, I think we all work to get paid. Yeah. For right? me, I wanted to go to college. Yep. And that was the only real road available to me to be able to afford to go to college. And so, that, I mean, that was my main driver. And so when I did my five years, I really deeply considered re-enlisting. But then when I tried to stop and kind of look forward, did I see myself in the Marine Corps and, and retiring at 20 years? And I didn't. I saw myself doing something else, and I didn't know what that was yet. 
um, but I was willing to gamble and find out. So a lot of people, I find that really interesting. A lot of people, when they, when they're, when they have these life pivot moments, a lot of people freeze. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I like the, and we talked to, with, to Amy about this. There's a point where you can transition, but there's like this really comfortable thing. For all the warts, the military for a lot of people is very comfortable. Uh, it is a career that in 20 years you can retire and you're, you know, at your age you still be relatively young and you start a whole Yeah, I mean, retiring career. effectively at 37 yeah, if I'd stayed in 20 yeah. years. So... Maybe I made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking yeah. that. I, mean, no, I was like, Ooh, I do want to retire by 40. How do I? Hmm. But the, I Time think machine. The, the yeah. part of it is like who you are as a person, I think. But another part of it is I think mentorship and advice and external influences. Did you have any external influences that helped you make that decision? Or was it just, you know what? I'm a mature 21-year-old. I can make this, I can make this decision. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I <laughs> I didn't want to be in Okinawa anymore, so that definitely factored in. Okinawa wow. was, um, imagine being in one of the most beautiful, yeah, I'm, culturally yeah. incredible yeah. like places yeah. on earth. I saw Karate and, Kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Um, but then also being more restricted than you can ever imagine. Like, you don't get to go to the beach because it's across this fence, but you can look at how beautiful it is, right? And so I was just like, oh, like I want to see the world. Like I don't want to, you know, kind of be yeah. within these confines. Um, so for me, I just, um, there was some external, you know, influence. I think, um, you know, I had some friends who had gotten out of the military and were doing well. Um, you know, and, and along my military career, I met some, some people as well. Um, I met, you know, some great civilian contractors who, we're doing really cool things, and I was like, man, I, I want to be doing these really cool things too. And I think one of the biggest influences, um, I think I had already made up my mind, but making up your mind is actually the easiest part. Yes. Yeah. Which is really funny for somebody who's a little bit indecisive sometimes to say, but I made up my mind, and then it was just sort of like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> you know. And one of those people that really guided me is actually. Um, works for VMware now, and uh, it's a gentleman named Brett Garino, and I, I, I got out of the military, um, and he literally let me like live with him for like three weeks while I found an apartment, but the most imp- important thing that he really did was he made me and helped me believe that I could do something. Yeah, because you're young. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, you, the, um, You've done one thing. You essentially, it's your job. Who knows what you... I mean, yeah, he and, he, he and his wife have just been tremendous influences in my life. And, you know, Brett, I, uh, you know, the military teaches you how to write a, a, you know, a resume, but it, write, it teaches you a very generic thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, t- resumes for a technical position are very different than, like, a, just a kind of a general administrative right. position. And uh, I sent Brett my resume because we had kept in contact we met at my first duty station he was a civilian contractor at that time and I sent him my resume and he was honest with me and I needed that he was like this is the worst resume I have ever seen this oh, is wow. complete crap and I was like what the heck <laughs> but I then followed he's, the Microsoft Word template I did exactly everything. what you told me to and then he's, was great. he's like this is fine if you're wanting to you know not be in tech or you know not do a technical position I was like okay well what do I need to do and he he sat down and he spent a lot of time explaining things to me because I you know it's funny I look you're you're describing all of these things and I consider rubric my first job it's my first real job Mm. this is the first time that you know I I was in the military which it is a job but it's also it's a a service Um, and then I started my own company and that's completely a real job but it didn't 
I wasn't getting W two paycheck right. every two weeks. You yeah. know, it doesn't it was, feel like a job. Yeah, it feels like a your, life yeah. almost, right? Like yes. you can relate to that. It I is my entire life yes. at that point. And then so when I joined Rubric, I'm like, wow, hold on, how does health insurance work <laughs> you know because i just was buying the cheapest plan as a freelancer because the cheapest plan is 400 yeah, a month buy the cheapest and don't go to the doctor yeah exactly and so again looking back at like somebody like brett and just being like hey i don't actually understand this can you help me i mean and he he'll attest to this of him being like so here's an hmo here's a ppm of me being like i don't know yeah, these, yeah. Things, these things i should know these things you know so it's um yeah, so there's been, there was a, definitely a lot of external influences, and they didn't influence me necessarily to do one thing or another, but more to believe that I was capable of doing something different. I, I, I like the point about having, because we talked about this pretty recently, and you tweeted about this, is when you're thinking about making those career changes mm-hmm. in your life, having somebody that you can talk to yeah. who's going to give you the complete and brutal, honest truth is one yeah. of the most important things that you can yeah. do. You know, don't something. sugarcoat it. Yeah, I, I'll... Uh, what, I don't know what in on this note, but I'll add to this the <laughs> like some of the most brutal uh, commentary I've been given on my uh, careers. I was young, maybe in my mid twenties, and I wanted this managerial position. I went into the my VP's office, asked for the job, and it, this is very non PC even for this time, but it's the best advice I've ever been given. Given, he said, Keith. I'm going to say something that's going to come off weird, but, you know, I really believe in you and think you can do some amazing things in your career. He said, you're black and you don't have a degree. You need to take away every excuse for uh, for someone not getting you a job. And, uh, you know, $170,000 in student loans later, I have two and I don't regret it. And it's based off of that great probably the single greatest piece of advice I've ever been given. So, you know, it, it can be brutally painful when you hear it, but some of the best advice is kind of that raw, really honest advice. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's it is. Um, <laughs> and it's it's never what you want to hear. No, that's not what no. I wanted to hear at the time. I can Absolutely tell you that. Absolutely not. You um, hear yes. I, I was surprised to find out what I wanted. <laughs> really? You didn't yeah. know? Oh, I didn't know. It was, Man. It was like, they always, people confuse us for a reason. Yeah, th- this is true. It's not the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the voice. I was like, I, ha- I thought I had to come back, and then you drop that. I'm like, I don't. You know, and it's like, it's funny. I've been given kind of s- similar-ish advice. You know, I, um, Brett encouraged me when I was kind of figuring things out when I first got out of the military to go and become a VMware certified instructor. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know VMware really well and you've managed these massive data centers in the military. Like, you can translate that and this helps you start getting some work, you know, on a weekly basis. It's a five-day gig, you know, for most classes. You should do this. And um, one of the things that, you know, I went through this program and it's, you know, a five-day, like, certification thing and you have to just, day one, get up and teach. And I'm like, oh, man, this is not fun or easy. <laughs> and at the end of it, you know, I passed and uh, they told me, Look, we get to see all the enrollments in classes. You're going to be the only woman most of the time. And they said, and you're short. Mm. And you're left-handed. So you have to now write on a whiteboard, teach, you know, have for this projector, you know, and, and then you have this adversity in, you know, multiple ways. He's like, you can't reach the top of the whiteboard, so you're going to have to maximize the space you have. Uh. You're left-handed. You're going to smear it. He's like, you have to figure out how to be better. And he's like, I don't know what that is yet. He's like, but I know, like, you, you just have to figure out how to deal with that. Um, and I had never even thought about it. I was just like, 
what do you mean you can't read my handwriting on the whiteboard? You know, or like, what do you mean? I of course I can't reach the top. I'm 5'4". Like, why, why do I need to reach the top? You know, and it was just kind of, he was telling me all of these things I was going to have to face in the future and I just didn't know yet. Yeah. You know, and then I, as I, it definitely thought a lot about that at that time because I'm just like well, what am I supposed to do about it I'm left handed I'm short like stilts. I can't change that you know uh, stilts yeah very tall shoes <laughs> um, and so I think it, it puts some of those things in perspective where it's like oh I do I did eventually reach a time where I needed the whole whiteboard and how am I going to compensate for that you know and how do I now write things as a consultant legibly on the whiteboard as I'm doing these workshops with customers where they can understand it and I you know I'm I'm not smearing it the whole time or erasing as I'm writing and it's you, you know and these are minuscule in the scheme of things um, but they're it's important not even, in the, a future role yeah, for you I mean absolutely so how do you use the whole whiteboard I if you ever see my handwriting on a whiteboard, that is not my real handwriting because I very much like the stereotypical left-handed, which I would demonstrate if this were not a podcast, but it's very much like elbow up in the air, you know, <laughs> wrist bent, and that does not work um, on a whiteboard. So I very much like have to – I hold the marker differently. I hold it at the end, and I have to, I have to slow down. That was the thing I learned ultimately was I need to slow down and actually take my time here, not just throw a bunch of stuff up on the whiteboard and expect people to be able to read it. It's adaptability. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's key to any career, I think. Adapt to what you want. I think that's yeah. key to life, really, to adapt to your circumstances, adapt to what's going to be thrown at you. A big thing that I was told in the military, you know, and it's kind of like the mopping thing or, you know, whatever it is, it's very much like you need you need to bloom where you're planted. You know, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes you're not in the best position. Um, being self-employed is insanely hard. Yes, Keith knows is. this. I know this. But it's making the best of every situation you're in. Because even if the job sucks, there's something that can be gleaned from it. And you can improve yourself and become better for that next job while you're looking. All right. So we're going to end on a note. That was great yeah, advice. Yeah, that was great. On. So, Rebecca, if people want to follow you online, what, 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 how, how can they find blog posts? <laughs> content uh so left hand writing uh, <laughs> light boards i will yes you well actually stilts. if you watch the light board videos i appear to be right-handed yeah, movie no, magic so. yes um Tricky. everyone else appears to be left-handed <laughs> um so you can absolutely follow me um i have a blog technicloud.com that's probably the easiest way unless you can spell my last name um and it would be at rebecca fits on twitter and as always, even though this is only our second recorded episode, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Sensi Storage or my blog at virtualstoragezone.com. All right. And correction from the last podcast, because we're going to publish the other. We record the first one as the CTO Advisor podcast, but we decided to relaunch the Virtualized Geek podcast. You can find this on virtualizedgeek.com. Uh, I guess by the time this publishes, you'll be able to find it in iTunes. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. And yes. uh, your podcast, and this is probably a, a great podcast to actually share with your friends. Unlike the yeah, CTO, you don't advisor, need to sneak your, in. You, know, you don't need to sneak in, in and, and actually email this to them. Yeah. Until then, we'll talk to you next. The Spear, brought to you by VirtualizedGeek.com.